I, I feel like I need to apologize to our listeners I, for being mad at them about them not getting my joke, but then I didn't post the episode. That was the <laughs> so joke. So, of course, they didn't respond to the joke. Yeah. That was the joke. So, so I guess, uh, I guess, sh- uh, fool me once, shame on me. Don't up- upload an episode. Also, shame on Two birds you. in a bush. <laughs> Christ. You you doing okay there, buddy? I know the answer is not no. Not at all. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all. Space Rocks, the Steven Universe podcast, where we watch Steven Universe. My name is Brian. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me on the internet at RoomwearPod. You can find this podcast on Twitter at GaySpacePod. With me, as always, is my tag team uh, podcasting champion partner, August. Hell yeah. I'm August. I use they, them pronouns. You can find me on the internet at HarpyDora. You can find me on the podium Although they don't really have a podium at, at wrestling matches, but you know, you that's can find That's not how us. that works. No, no that's not really not. how you're awarded the belt. <laughs> no, really, you just kind of like stand in the middle of the ring, blood streaming from a cut in your head that you may or may not have put there yourself as you raise the belt with your tag team champion partner and yeah. you scream, maybe, or die. Yeah, you so. Know. Whichever. August and I were officially the podcasting tag team champions. We have a belt. One belt. Uh, (laughs) Prop department only had one belt. Uh, I I felt bad asking my brother for his replica belt so I could make two of these things. Seeing as he did pay for the tickets. But um, (laughs) we have one tiny replica belt. That is our tag team podcasting championship. Um, I I low-key want to cut like a TikTok promo uh, and post it to the Standing Stones Twitter, so I guess look forward to that happening. Oh my god. Um, and then, in the future, and then me we're calling out have, all the other podcasts. We're gonna have people coming for our singular belt. Yeah, we gotta defend it. Yeah, that's I'm pretty that's sure true. Jeff has defended his belt, so I told him we I started a tag division in podcasting. Yeah. So. Um, if you want to look at the belt, I posted pictures of my glorious creation in, in the Discord. So check the link uh, below. Join our Discord community. Uh, big shout outs to all the people who have recently joined our Discord uh, from this podcast. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's very nice. And thank you. We, we enjoy it quite a bit. Um, cartoon news. Did last time did we talk about Nimona getting picked back up? No, we did not. Okay. Big fucking news. Well, the the unfortunate um, thing is it got picked up by Netflix, didn't it? Yeah, which just cut a lot of people from their animation division. Yeah, and is also, like, crying about hemorrhaging money even though, like, you know, growth, exponential growth is unsustainable in the long term and mm-hmm. also they've made some pretty shitty decisions. So it's like, you know, I, I just hope what happened previously does not happen again (laughs) yeah i hope it just because like i'm 
under the impression they bought what work has been done on the show. Like, it's not, or not show, but the movie. Like, I don't think they, it's getting restarted. I think the work is continuing from what was happening at Blue Sky. Mm-hmm. So, that gives me hope that it's at least part of the way through and we're just getting over the finish line. Yeah. Um, but I really hope that this movie gets made. Like, it's a great little graphic novel. I, I'm very interested to see how it gets reinterpreted uh, into an animated fair, especially with, like, the hindsight of everything that's happened in Noel or uh, in Indy's life since they wrote that comic. Um, so very, very excited for that. Um, let's see. I can't think of anything else. Uh, uh, DeSantis and the mouse are in a pissing contest, and because the mouse is the mouse, I'm betting on the mouse winning. Yeah, they, I mean, they have more money than the the overall action, like, they have more capital than the entire state of Florida, so I feel like they're gonna win that fight. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) so, also, it's hard to root for two villains in this fight. Uh, yeah, it. I don't care who loses. I just, I don't care who wins. I just want them both to lose. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, Disney isn't going to lose. Like, there, yeah. this is nothing to them in the long right. run. This is just pride at this point for them. Yeah. Ah. <sighs> The, the the gay cognitive dissonance of knowing that Disney is a terrible company, but really fucking loving Disney World. Mm, yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, I think that's all there is. Yeah, that's all that I believe that there is for um, cartoon news that I can think of, if we remember anything. They still haven't renewed Our Flag Means Death, which is not surprising. I feel like HBO Max will. I mean, so I watched two episodes of the show. How'd you like Um, it? Pretty good. I like it quite, quite well. Though looking at, this is not a knock on the show. I don't mean that it looks cheap, but it does look like it's a cheap show to produce. Yeah. Like um most of the most of the budget appears to have gone into the costuming uh mm-hmm. which looks But even there the costuming is not historic like is not intended to be historically accurate yeah. so they can cut corners and they don't have to they don't have to spend a ton of money on research. It's very well designed. It looks very good and it fits the world that they've created. But like I wouldn't say that there's like there's no element of of anything here that is like ah they they dropped a fuck ton of cash on that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah. it seems like they just like so I really think HBO might probably pick it back up for a second season cuz it's getting a lot of buzz 
they really like they also kind of probably really want to stick it to Netflix right now. Yeah. Um I have hopes that it will probably get picked up for a second season. I'm I'm trying not to get my hopes up. I'm trying to like make my peace with the idea that we only get one season and then mm-hmm. maybe HBO Max will come through, but the fact that like the fact that it is doing the kind of numbers that it is uh doing but HBO Max has been relatively silent on the matter is not encouraging to me. Um well, Warner Brothers is currently focusing on a lot of other things. Oh boy. <laughs> so maybe they're just distracted. Yeah. God, um, fuck fuck oh. Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Like they're both deplorable people. And Ezra Miller. Let's not forget Ezra Miller. God, I I really so so like Johnny Depp and Amber Heard just seem like your garden variety narcissist, but like mm-hmm. Ezra Miller seems to be genuinely needing some some help here. Like, yeah, I'm not saying they're a like, good person, but they they no. seem to be going through some shit, and it's like I hope you get some help, buddy. Yeah, like legitimately, it seems like Warner Brothers' uh, opinion on Ezra Miller's not make a statement because the Flash doesn't come out till 2023, and we're basically done with. Uh, fucking uh, Fantastic Beast movies. We're just gonna we're just gonna s- see if it blows over before next year. Yeah, is basically what H or what Warner Brothers wants to do with it. Not get Ezra Miller some help. Not distance themselves. Not make any statement whatsoever about Ezra Miller's actions, which are bad. Yeah, like uncategorically. Yeah. Not not they're defending, being a piece of shit. Not defending um, them whatsoever, but just based yeah. on some of the stuff that. Like, I've heard them say in interviews and stuff, it's just like, you're not okay, are you? No. So. Um, so, yeah, got that. So, hell yeah for that. So that's probably why they've just been too distracted to announce a second season of the Gay Pirate Show. Yeah. Uh, apparently, also, there's another show you might want to check out on there. Oh. On HBO Max called Gentleman Jack. I have, so, I have a group chat with, um... Mm-hmm the wedding party for my best friend's wedding we're in a group chat together still and that actually mm-hmm. someone just recommended that uh like yesterday um yeah the second season dropped and i saw it on the top of hbo today when i was taking notes on the show and yeah. uh, so i was like oh like seems i don't think it's exactly the same thing but like you know it's a period piece about some gays yeah so. seems relevant to my interests Mm-hmm. Um, um yeah uh i guess what cartoons have you watched august we're kind of already in there but anything else um unfortunately um well okay it's not <laughs> i regret to inform you dear audience <laughs> i regret to inform you morbius exists um oh my god did you watch morbius unfortunately uh why I in- okay so anya I'm not going to go into the details, but Anya and I decided that mostly Anya was like, hey, I want a date night. I'm like, yeah, sure. And they were like, I want to see a movie. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable with movies. And Anya was like, well, you're in luck. There's a drive-in. The only options that we had for the drive-in were Morbius, Sonic 2, uh, Secrets of Dumbledore, and something else. And neither of us really wants to see Sonic 2 or Secrets of Dumbledore. And neither of us knew what Morbius was. 
So it's like, well, I guess we're seeing that then. Um, you should have seen Sonic 2. I should have seen Sonic 2. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Sonic... I know there's. I know we have a lot of people in the server who like Sonic 2. I didn't really like the first Sonic movie. I didn't think it was bad. I think they're fine kids' movies. I thought um, I thought it was bad. Like... But it, one, it was not good. one of those things between the two Sonic movies, the, the Sonic movie and Morbius, one of them has Jared Leto. And one of them has Idris Elba, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it. <laughs> so here's the thing. It just made me want to watch better vampire movies. Yeah, like it, the, the problem with Morbius is it's bad in an unremarkable way. It's it's too polished to be truly bad but enjoyable like it has it's just it just is yeah and and it's like and it's got did you watch the post credit scene that makes no fucking sense with the vulture <sighs> yeah it i was just like by that point i turned the radio off because that's how you get the audio yeah in a drive-in i didn't know that uh, Anya bought a oh, cute. Yeah. Anya bought a cute little handheld, like teal retro style radio for us to have in the back seat of their car. It was very cute. Oh, and, cute! Very yeah. cute. Yeah. Uh, but at that point, it's just like, okay, we're done here. I turned off the radio and we started packing up. <laughs> <laughs> the The date was enjoyable. I enjoyed the experience of the drive in. But right, it's just like the problem with Morbius is it's. It's so bland that you can't even... There's nothing to make fun of. Yeah. It's, it's a round object with no corners. The, it just... It kept making me want to watch. And I, I haven't done this. So I still... There's still the urge that that needs to be, you know, satiated. But I want to watch Lost Boys or Fright Night now. Uh, Lost Boys especially because of the, the point where... Matt Smith's character keeps, you know, saying Michael's name and it's just like, you know, that's such a huge through line through Lost Boys is um uh fuck uh Kiefer Sutherland's character saying Michael's name throughout and it's like, man, this is just a not good vampire movie at all. I could be watching a good vampire movie. Mhm. But I also saw a movie I was afraid you were going to say I also saw Morbius, and it's like, no, I'm so sorry. No, fuck. I, I was avoiding that movie like the fucking plague. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't don't um, watch I'm... it, dear listeners. <laughs> Did you see anything else? Um, or watch anything else? Read anything like that? I feel like I have, but I don't remember what it was. So, like, I've just been coasting through consciousness on autopilot mm -hmm. a lot lately so um oh big heads up for you uh-huh uh the like f six episodes of that have been released recently on the owl house um should hit disney plus this week oh shit so you can get caught up it's pretty good um, I went to saw the Northman. How was that? Pretty good. Turns out, I, I guess I like A24 films. <laughs> um, it's like, uh, the, the trailers make it seem more action packed than it is. It's not that action-y. It's a lot of like, 
it's a great look in period drama. Mm. Um, extremely accurate clothing. That they forged the sword the right way. I was very pleased by that personally. Good. They forged out of period correct, like, they, they're talking about it being forged from some special steel, and it's period correct special steel. Well, okay, it's not exactly what it would have looked like, but, like, me as a person who understands what they, they were going for with it, I understood what they were going for. I'm like, oh, cute little touch. Mm-hmm. Um, it functions on a magical reality. It's not gory, but there is some, like, violence in it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a story about, like, no one's good and it's just a shit world and surviving in a real shit fucking world. Um, but overall, I really liked it. The people that Mary and I went to go see it with, I don't know if they liked it as much as I did. <laughs> Fair. One of them was like, that was a pretty weird movie. I was like, yeah, it's okay. Um, and then he was like, he's like, oh, it's got to be in, like, the top five, though. And I'm like, oh, no, dog. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I've seen some pretty weird films. Yeah, exactly. Like I watched a lot of weird shit as especially in college when I was like, "Oh, what are all these experimentalist film genres?" You know what I mean? Mhm. So, uh, but I didn't want to be like that. I didn't want to be like a fucking snooty piece of shit. <laughs> like, "Oh, in college I what, you know uh-huh. what I mean?" But I did do that. Like <laughs> They want to watch, like, I'm like, you want to watch a weird film, we'll watch the, the film adaptation of Marat Saad. Let's rumble. Oh, my uh, goodness. So, saw that. Uh, watched The Owl House. Still mm-hmm. real good. Amphibia, pretty good. Kind of low-key feel like Amphibia's, like, treading water a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, But I think, recently, I think maybe the things I thought were treading water are actually building up to a bigger thing that I didn't realize in the most recent episode, so so I'm I'm beginning to change my opinion on that. Like, oh, okay, they had a plan here. I see what the plan was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Young Justice still pretty fucking good. Apparently, the the fucking Green Lantern animated series is canon to Young Justice. Uh, okay. Oh, uh, um, I remembered oh. some cartoon news. Yeah. So they announced the next World of Warcraft expansion. Oh God! Uh, it's going to be Dragonflight, mm. uh, and they are introducing. I've seen the dragon people. Yeah. Yeah, they're introducing Scalies, uh, so that's fun, um, and they are not locked to just Horde or Alliance. So whichever side you play, you can you can play a Scaly. Um, I'm. I feel like at this point, any new like. Species they introduce is going to not be locked to Horde or Alliance. Yeah. Well, I don't know. It, it may be because they've introduced a lot of new races. Uh, you know, the only one that's not locked to Horde or Alliance at this point is the, the pandas. Um, but yeah, you can be a scaly. It's great. I just uh, wanted to shout out that. Good, good, good. Um, all right. Well, I guess let's, unless we think of something else, let's 
let's get into it. This week, uh, we are covering episodes. Where's the number at? Oh, I scrolled too far. That's why I couldn't figure it out. Okay. Episodes uh, 122, 123, and 124. Tiger Philanthropist, uh, Room for Ruby, and Lion 4 alternate ending. Uh, first up is Tiger Philanthropist. Um, this is episode 122. Came out on March 3rd, 2017. Um, written by Lamar Abrams and Katie Mitroff. Uh, Steven returns to the ring to continue his pro wrestling odyssey. Okay, fair enough. I'll give him that one, frankly. Um, The episode begins at the abandoned warehouse uh, where Amethyst and Steven are wrestling in the Underground Wrestling League uh, as their alter egos Purple Puma and Tiger Millionaire. Uh, As they are wrestling, um, they're facing a wrestler called Sharkomania. Um... It seems to be a handicap match, though, because I don't think Sharkomania's got a partner, which seems not bad for him. Yeah, not um, not this one. Yeah. Um, they defeat him pretty handily. Afterwards, Purple Puma's like, peace, I'm out, uh, and sort of quits, much to the devastation of Lars, uh, Beach City's number one wrestling mark. Um, Steven talks to her. Uh, out back and amethyst is uh is like i don't think we i really need wrestling anymore it's not really like i don't need this to like have fun anymore uh and steven's like yeah i guess i guess so uh and so they head back to the beach house the next day steven's at the big donut and lars is absolutely despondent his favorite wrestler tiger millionaire has quit um sadie encourages uh, Stephen to ask him about it, uh, hinting that she knows that Stephen and Tiger Millionaire are the same person. Um, uh, but uh, Lars sort of dismisses this outhand outright and insists uh, and <laughs> I missed this line apparently, but apparently he says that Tiger Millionaire is ripped and seven feet tall. <laughs> I missed that line. I have no idea where I, how I missed that line twice i've watched this episode twice and missed it um so steven thinking like or basically the key thing here is that lars is like i i don't understand why tiger millionaire had to quit if purple puma did and steven's like huh you know what you're right so steven makes his return back to uh underground wrestling but under a new persona he's no longer tiger millionaire he's giving back to the community he's now tiger philanthropist um i guess he is both tag team champions at the same time uh not actually an unprecedented thing in the world of professional wrestling so i'll let it go uh (laughs) um he goes through a whole series of matches fighting uh sharkomania again um and we get some just really funny wrestling move names uh and he offers to pay for all of their their uh um hospital bills using tiger bucks i guess um steven returns to the big donut the next day wanting to hear lars's opinion on the match last night and lars is like tiger millionaire is fucking lame now who i don't i hate this fucking face turn he just wins all the time this john cena ass motherfucker and steven's like what do you want like you want do you want him to lose do you want him to 
to win? What do you want? And, and Lars is like, I don't know what I want. I just don't like this being every wrestling fan in the history of wrestling. Uh, <laughs> so Steven goes back to the beach house and he's complaining about it to, to uh, Amethyst. Uh, and Amethyst is like, well, I just, I decided to, like, I just felt like I didn't need wrestling anymore. In the past, I did wrestling because I didn't feel good enough, and frankly, I feel better than that. I don't really need wrestling as, like, a hobby to, uh, prop myself up, and Steven's like, oh, I never really did the wrestling because of that. I thought it was, like, our thing together. He's like, but you're right, we've kind of moved past that, so I'm just gonna do what you did. I'm just gonna show up, and I'm gonna fucking quit. Um, so Steven shows up at the event. Uh, he is his one final act of charity is giving away the tag team belts. I'm guessing they're going to have a ladder match because they're suspended over the, the ring um, as entrants show up for this this match. Uh, we get one last surprise entrance and it's Purple Puma who uh, confronts Tiger Philanthropist and tells him off trying to give away their memories so easily. And Amethyst uh, pulls uh, Steven into a hug and is like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I didn't realize that it meant so much with you and quitting without warning. That just wasn't cool with me. And Steven's like, yeah, that's fair. I think they've both kind of decided that like they're still going to move on from wrestling, but they're going to go out with a bang. And in true... Uh, true wrestling fashion. They go out on their backs, uh, putting over. Uh, I believe who wins? Is it the the dashing? Yeah, it's the handsome. It's the, the handsome friends. Bun. Yeah, the pretty bunch, pretty boy bunch. Uh, beautiful boy bunch. That's their new name. Yep. Um. Uh, Lars is apoplectic. He's just being pulled out of the the uh arena star wipe the end. Uh, this is very fun because, oh, I forgot the other cartoon that I watched Oh, last night. I went to Monday Night Raw. Oh, yeah. My brother got got me and him second row seats for my birthday. Uh, I was on television a lot last night, (laughs) happenstantially. Nice. Um, I touched Finn Balor. Oh, nice. Yeah, and by touched, I mean he fist bumped me because I was up next to the barrier. Shannon says that's not real touching, but I feel like that's real touching. There was skin to skin contact. Me, yeah. Me and Finn Balor, we shared a moment. You did. Um I booed Cody for Mac. Mac told me to boo Cody for them. Mm-hmm. I took a selfie video of me booing Cody, sent it Good. to Mac. Good, as you should. <laughs> and don't tell Mac, but then I cheered for Cody the rest of the time. <laughs> um, because it was pretty exciting. I like <laughs> Oh my goodness. You know Mac um, can hear you, right? I know. I'm sorry, Mac. I was very, I was caught up in the moment. He's got a lot of pyro. It's pretty cool. Uh, this is a fun little, I I really, this is a very fun episode, but I don't, I don't know what's going on here to talk about. I'm not gonna lie. So. I've got like three notes on this episode. Okay, so, so first, my first note is, I love wrestling. Me too, bro um wrestling yeah. good actually um the the uh point where mr smiley's like what a sad and anticlimactic end um i feel like can be applied to a lot of wrestling stuff just because it's the nature of wrestling storytelling that you know you have to be able to pivot on a dime due to like 
contract negotiations or more commonly injury of the talent and stuff like that mm-hmm. it makes it or really shit's just hard. not getting over and you just got to give up on it yeah so i mean it makes it really difficult to guarantee being able to pull something off so it's like the fact that wrestling works on any level at all in some ways is an absolute miracle because like the storytelling is just up against so much but the storytelling is also what makes wrestling so fun even on just like a match to match basis not even necessarily whole story arcs but mm-hmm. yeah um Lars uh is a mood actually um with the the coming in with an emotional hangover the next day after after watching something that he loves be finished uh Lars I felt like is that... 100% me after the WrestleMania where Kurt Angle retired and got beaten by Baron Corbin oh my god of all people Baron Corbin Kurt Angle Jesus Christ. Fun. Ugh. Yeah. I was That's so rough, afraid. Buddy. Yeah, I was so afraid. Um uh cuz you got like a signed copy of like a superstar or whatever with the 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 tickets, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, please God, don't let me get a fucking signed picture of Baron Corbin." Uh <laughs> Oh, jeez. Got Seth Rollins though. That's a pretty good one. Yeah. Is Seth Rollins still doing, like, the Jesus gimmick? No, he's, like, he's just kind of, like, a wacky, sleazy guy. He's very fun right now. Okay, okay. Cool, mm-hmm. cool. Uh, but yeah, He's the Drip King Seth freaking Rollins. Lord. Oh, yeah, I'll, uh, let me see if I can't send you a picture of one of his suits from last night. But yeah, Lars is a mood that was me after finishing Our Flag Means Death. My life meant, meant nothing. Um, also, <laughs> uh, every single wrestling gimmick in that show is fucking gold. I would unironically watch any of those wrestlers. So Sharkomania, I think, is legitimately um, a parody of the TNA wrestler Shark Boy. Who had kind of a similar gimmick. Uh, TNA Shark Boy. Holy shit, that suit is incredible. Yeah. Seth's game is 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 pretty pretty fucking good. Also, it's a it's a subtle like the whole suit is a reference. I'm pretty sure it's a reference to Mizawa, like a wrestler from all Japan pro wrestling. Because the the suit jacket also tied together kind of like um kind of like a gi top. But yeah, here's a picture of a one shark boy. Fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah. Um every single every single gimmick in that show was fucking gold. Uh, yeah, very good. I, I do like the, like, I like that, I like that we get, like, emotional through lines for all the characters, like, we see growth, like, oh, Amethyst doesn't want to do wrestling anymore because, like, she doesn't need it because she feels good about herself. I'm like, oh, good. I'm glad that we've gotten to that point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Um, we're we're going to put a pin in that one. Okay. Um, Stephen and Sadie both need to stop worrying about Garbage Boy's emotions. True. Um, I have that one in all caps because Lars is the Garbage Boy stink man and needs to not be worried about by Sadie or Steven. And yet, mm-hmm. because they're so good, Sadie and Steven will continue to worry about his emotions, which is unfortunate, but... Truly. And also, when Lars is having his uh, his whole, uh, I don't know what I want, I don't even know what I want for breakfast half the time, it's like, again, Lars is a fucking mood. Yeah. So, about... The Retirement of Purple Puma. Bum, bum, bum. So I think it it always pleases me when Purple Puma gets uh, he-hemmed. You know, everybody uses he-hem for Purple Puma, even in this episode. It's really good. Um, but... I, uh, so I don't think that the show the showrunners necessarily intended Dakota Amethyst... Uh, as by gender as they have been but it does make me a little sad to see amethyst letting go of purple puma um just because like in a very real way he represented like a lot of the masculine things about amethyst and you know obviously is you know clearly uses he him pronouns is very clearly not meant to be read as anything other than you know a a hyper masculine male and having that tied in with like amethyst's own self-hatred and having her like let go of him when she starts feeling better about herself makes me sad just for you know, I not necessarily like the the sinking of of my character interpretation, but just because of how that how that kind of I'm trying to think of the the right way to word this. Like a lot of people's relationships with masculinity is fucked up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, seeing Amethyst tying her relationship with masculinity to her self-hatred is frustrating and sad. Like, and again, it's like, I'm, I don't think that this is, you know, I'm not supposed to necessarily get this and think that like being masculine is bad or anything like that, but just the unintentional correlation that has been drawn here just makes me, you know, as a, a mask leaning uh, non-binary person, you know, kind of sad because, you know, masculinity isn't a bad thing. And I think the show goes to really good lengths not to portray masculinity as a bad thing, but it still sucks that that's something that Amethyst is letting go of and that has been so heavily tied in with her lack of self-worth. I think that's a, that's a fair interpretation. 
to me it was the it's not giving up purple puma as a persona it's like it is like not do, like it it's the pro wrestling not because i'm pretty sure we're gonna see purple like amethyst continues to transform into purple puma past this episode <laughs> like it's still a persona a form of uh of self that like amethyst holds on to and carries forward mm-hmm. even past this episode <clears throat> like i think it was the like to, to me it was like moving past the like need for gratification from other people that makes sense yeah, like, I don't need people to cheer me anymore because I can cheer myself. Mm-hmm. That, that's how I was interpreting Amethyst moving on from this. Okay, yeah, it, and I mean, you know, I guess technically you do have, you know, future knowledge about whether or not the Purple Puma character design comes I'm like 99% sure Purple Puma show like, in the same way that Purple Puma just randomly shows up and fights with Amethyst. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the... Up. No, we're in the middle of the show, <laughs> August. <laughs> He's like trying to rub my microphone arm, which is not good audio. For I the need listener. to get you one of these big beefcake microphone arms, like I have. It would. I don't think it would even matter if the cat was rubbing against it. Um. But. While she may still take the purple puma form, and I mean, this this is also, you know, partially conjecture just because, you know, Steven is our POV character and obviously Amethyst doesn't hang around Steven 100% of the time, but it's just like, you know, this is how we clearly see Amethyst. Stop. Uh, how we clearly see Amethyst being masculine. Mm-hmm. Like... Or, I guess, being male, specifically. Because, like, she does a lot of stuff that gets read as masculine. You know, she does a lot of gross-out humor, and that's frequently read as masculine and that kind of thing. But, like, Purple Puma is specifically meant to be male. And, like, you know... Seeing her retire that... You know, retire from the lifestyle that... That, uh... Brought him about... Um, without, like, really knowing if she has a way to exist in that kind of, and play in that kind of, you know, masculine space outside of professional wrestling is, you know, it's a little bit of a bummer. But I do see what you're saying about, like, this representing her not needing as much, like, external gratification or even needing to beat people up to feel good about herself if you want to read it at its most basic level. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It gives me mixed gender feels. And, you know, it I can I can be happy for the character development while while still being sad about like how the show chose to go or chose to demonstrate that character development. Um, I don't think it spells the death knell for by gender amethyst by any stretch of the imagination, though. Yeah. 
by gender or gender fluid. I still haven't decided, but still. Amethyst is not a woman, 2K22. Um. So, yeah. And that was that was really, like, the bulk of my notes. Yeah, that's about, I think that's the deepest conversation we're going to get out of that. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, this is, like, a fun little wrestling episode. It really is. It's a fun little wrestling mm. episode. Get the fuck off my desk. Get down. Get down. <laughs> I'm glad I've just decided to leave in all the cat takes. <laughs> it certainly makes your life easier, that's for damn sure. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a fun little rep- wrestling episode. It's it's a fun way to demonstrate character development. It's It's a fun way to show Steven and Amethyst continuing to bond outside of, like, a mutual need for external validation. Although, mm-hmm. you know, actually, you know what? That's that's a, a fun little thing because Steven continues to do it after Amethyst is already pieced out, you know, because Steven still kind of needs that that external Yeah, he hasn't gotten there in the same way that she has. Yeah, which makes sense. He's what, fucking fourteen? Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Like, he's allowed. Amethyst is effectively in her 20s. She's definitely due for she should some be character more, growth. Uh, she, in fact, should be more uh, uh, fucking... <laughs> she should be more emotionally uh, uh, mature than him. That's how the show should work. Yeah. Sorry, I got distracted by... I'm going to send you this tweet. I, like... Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a wrestling tweet. So, listeners, the reason I just stopped mid-sentence is, like, this is an old tweet from, like, last year. Um, But it it is one Brian Cage tweeting... uh, Ricky Starks saying, where's the Philly street fight at, at Ricky Starks? And Ricky Starks replying on Twitter, in Philly, you big dumb bitch. <laughs> good shit. <sighs> Wrestling is good, actually. It's true. Ricky Stark is like king of the twinks, too. God. Truly. Brian Cage also is a big dumb bitch, kind of, so. Um... I'm sure he's a perfectly nice guy in real life, but. Um, all right. Anything else about this episode? Um, no, I, I think, I, I think we have, we have dwelt upon the, the genders enough for this episode. Okay. All right, moving on to episode 123, Room for Ruby. This was written by Raven Mollesey and Jesse Zook. Uh, also, I, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm 90% sure it's Jesse Zook, but it might be. I don't think it's Jesse Zuki, right? Like, Zuki or anything like that? It's not. I don't know. 
don't know. If somebody knows that and I'm wrong, somebody correct me, please. Um, God, fucking... All right, so Steven's gym family continues to grow. That's useless as an episode yeah. synopsis. Absolutely fucking useless. Even if that's what was happening in this episode, I feel like that's useless as a synopsis. Yeah. Uh, and it's also categorically not what happens. Um, so one night, Steven and Garnet, they are outside, they're wishing upon stars. Steven uh, gets Garnet to close her eyes, wish upon a star, and what she wishes for is for Steven to have a star to wish on. He's like, oh, that's so sweet of you, Garnet. Oh, how about that one? Uh, he points at a star that's rapidly approaching, and he's like, wait a second, is that star screaming? And it is. Crashing into the beach, it's Navy. She's one of the rubies that uh, were part of the rubies, you know, the rubies. Uh, the titular rubies from the, the title of this episode. Um... She's like, oh, please, oh, please, let me stay here on Earth with you. And Steven and Garner are like, well, what? And she's like, all the other rubies are mean to me, and I just want to stay here. And Steven's like, aren't you mad at us for tricking you into playing baseball? And she's like, no, that was really fun. It's like, aren't you mad at us for tricking you about Jasper? She's like, no, that was pretty clever. It's like, aren't you mad at us for stranding you in fucking space for months? And she's like, nah, we were fighting at the time. It's understandable. Um, uh, Garnet is like, I don't know about this. And Steven's like, I don't know. Come on. Help me. <sighs> Garnet's like, or Steven's like, I don't know. How many people, uh, else have we converted over this? Garnet's like, uh, that's a good point. Go for it. Um, so Steven's like, I know some people who... Uh, would be perfect for you to possibly live with. And so we head out to the barn. Uh, the sun is rising. Um, Peridot and Lapis are doing some incredibly heterosexual watching the sun rise together with their dog. Uh, <laughs> uh, when Steven approaches, uh, he's like, how about a new roommate to them? And they're both like, I don't know. And then Ruby pops out and she's like, hi, I'm adorable. Uh, and immediately, Peridot's pretty down to clown, but, like, uh, Lapis is like, listen, let's have a talk. And they trap Ruby inside of a water bubble so they can have a private conversation. And Peridot brings up the pretty reasonable, like, hey, shouldn't she, like, hate us? And also, adjusting to Earth is really hard. Like, I'm still doing it. And Peridot very earnestly is like, Earth is real scary, but we could be there. We could act as guides for her to give her what we didn't have. Uh, when it came to getting used to this planet, and I think that we're both up to the task. Lapis won over by this, uh, releases Ruby, and they begin to educate her on Earth. They start telling her about all the Earth things. They talk about rain. Uh, they talk about plants. They talk about Earth. Um, and Ruby is taken to this motherfucker like a fish out of goddamn, or fish to fucking water, not out of water, in water, where <laughs> fish belong. Um, she's just enthusiastic about everything and progressively as, as like she's presented with more and more uh things that she's just super down for lapis is getting more and more agitated uh until finally after a confrontation about like vegetables and does she love dirt why isn't she mad and ruby being like oh i don't or not ruby but navy being like oh i don't know if i could be mad uh lapis just kind of like loses it and storms off uh, Steven and Peridot chase after her. 
uh, and try and figure out why she's so upset. And she's like, what, like, she is just so, she's taking to this stuff so easily. Like, what's wrong with me that I couldn't do? She's got no guards, no fear. Why the fuck is it so hard for me when she can just seemingly do this with no effort? Um, they are interrupted by one, uh, uh, by one Navy who is like, hey, I'm really sorry to upset you. And Lapis is like, no, no, it's, it's okay. That was on me. That's not really on you. It's unfair for me to put my, my baggage on you. Um, I'm totally fine if you move in with us. And Ruby or Navy is like, oh, I really wish I could get to my ship. It's the only place I ever really felt like I belonged because I couldn't go anywhere else anyways. And they're like, hey, we have your ship. Do you want to drive around? So they get in the ship. They fly around for a while. Uh, Navy's having a good old time piloting the ship. Uh, Peridot's like, this is pretty good, right? Lapis and Lapis is like, yeah, yeah, you know what? This is good. Um, and then Navy's like, hey, Steven, I'm going to open her up. Will you go hit that button for me? I'll really show you what this baby can do. And then Steven hits that button and opens the fucking hatch to the ship, almost throwing them out. And Steven's like, or Navy, I think we have a problem. And Navy's like, the problem is you're still holding on, bitch. Uh, and it turns out that Navy is, in fact, a fucking murderous little gremlin. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, she throws them from the ship, flying off into space. Lap is feeling vindicated that no one is as well-adjusted as, as Navy possibly could have been. Um, uh, accepts this as they trundle back to the beach. They're meted by Garnet, who has one balloon that says congratulations and one balloon that says condolences. And she just pops the congratulation balloon, saying... Well, it was worth a shot as we fade to like an outline of of navy over the sky star wipe the end. Uh, oh boy. God, what a fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> so Steven and Garner are real cute at the start of this episode together. Yeah. Very adorable. Um, I do love the setup with Navy. Navy just immediately being like, I just want to stay. Like, they do a very good job of playing on the tropes they've already set up with all of the other gym refugees that they've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're like, oh, yeah, like, she probably doesn't want to stay because, like, all the other gyms want to stay with Steven and his magnetic personality and the the gravity of Earth. <laughs> pulling people together so yeah i mean it's hang on the mm -hmm. food is going off oh no worries you know what we didn't talk about in cartoon news hmm. misha collins coming out as straight What's a Misha Collins? Who's a Misha Collins? Uh, he's one of the, the three main dudes from Supernatural. What do you mean coming out as straight? <laughs> Everybody's been under the assumption for years that he's bisexual. Oh. Uh, but the cat food is going off. Um, I think it's... Shit, I lost my train of thought. 
It's gone now. <laughs> um, I got distracted. I got distracted by Misha Collins and the cat feeder going off. No worries. Um, I was saying uh, expectations, subverting them. Steven's magnetic personality. How it's fun that they do that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it. I feel like they laid it on a little bit thick. Yeah. Uh, at first, but they did a really good job of like making you buy in to yeah. Navy. I mean, it is a children's cartoon. Yes. <laughs> yes. But it is a children's children's cartoon with enough subtlety that we can spend a good like ten minutes talking about what a pro wrestling persona means for a character's gender so i mean yeah it's true it's true but i think that like i really i think that they laid it on thick initially as like a double bluff yeah no i mean you're you're probably right um like but it it caught me you know it's like man she's laying it on really thick and then it's like oh okay and then it's like Oh, okay. Yeah, it's very, very interesting. Uh, Lapis and Peridot getting progressively gayer together as the show goes along. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, very cute. I love... I love Peridot's confidence in Lapis' Lapis's growth as a person to be able to do this. Like... Like, you can do, like, we can do this. You can do this. We got this. Admittedly, I don't know if Peridot has necessarily shown the best understanding of uh, other people and their capabilities. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I mean, they're girlfriends. Yeah. I think Peridot has a better understanding of where Lapis is coming from. Maybe not everyone else. Yeah. Um, but, like, the show seems to imply that she and Lapis have had a whole lot of conversations about Earth. Yeah. It's <laughs> not on screen. Yeah. And, I mean, it's it's been quite a while since uh, Peridot got there. And, you know... Obviously, not everything that happens between them is going to be on screen because Steven isn't spending all the time at the barn. So, Mm -hmm. you know, and they don't. I was about to be like, well, they don't have anywhere else to go. But I mean, Lapis can fly them anywhere, really. So, you know, who knows what they're doing? But it's probably staying at the barn and watching uh, Camp Lonely Hearts. Yeah, that's all. Pining Hearts. Thank you very much. Camp Pining Hearts. Sorry. (laughs) You're right. How dare. How dare you. Um, I know. I I need to surrender my my tag team championship belt now. Um, uh, there's only the one belt. I already have it. So. Uh, cannot stress enough. There's only one tag team championship <laughs> belt. Uh, we do share it, but there is only one belt. Uh, and let's it fits rank neither of us. Yeah, yeah true. Like uh, it wraps around my wrist. Um, uh, how do we feel about wet hair peridot look? Um, a choice. The f- the mic cut out. I didn't hear what you said. I said it was a choice. <laughs> you did, oh, you don't like disheveled peridot hair? 
can't say as I do. Um, Peridot is also extremely tiny in this particular episode. I feel like they drew her very small this episode. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I did uh, notice that. She's particularly short. Um, which is fine. Again, I don't care. Uh, uh, also, in Lapis's test to, to get Navy to not like something, you can't hold up Pumpkin. Of course she loves Pumpkin. How could you not love Pumpkin? Look at her. Yeah. <laughs> Much like Watermelon Dog, incapable of not being loved. But I do like, I like, I particularly like the lines from Lapis about, like, why is it so easy for her to, like, be mm-hmm. able to, to just accept things when it's so hard for me? Um, like, like, reaching out and, like, telling kids who, especially kids who have probably experienced some level of trauma and are trying to, like, put their experience the world or open themselves back up to experiences in the world again and it can be hard and it can be scary and it can be like you can feel frustrating because like not only is everyone else fine around you you also can remember a point in time in your life when you were also fine and you're not now and it's fucking real frustrating and it makes you feel broken um yeah and uh lapis is just like the fucking continues to be the queen of Depressionville. Yeah. Which has a monarchy, I, not a mayor, mayoral system, apparently. <laughs> I I think it's very interesting also that Lapis chooses to sleep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, that's that's what my note, Lapis, the de- queen of depression here, is like. It's that, That's <laughs> it's funny mo- because I did have a comment about what you just said. And mm-hmm. then my, my sleep one is depression queen. Yeah. We are yeah, on it's the just same like, page here. Yeah, just like, oh yeah, I don't have to sleep, but I really choose to sleep. It is like very like I don't I don't think they're trying to make a judgment call that like Lapis is unhealthy. She's just healing, and sometimes you just fucking sleep a lot. That's just what you do. Yeah. That's part of the process. But it, it's like it, it's a little detail about like where Lapis is at mentally that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Also and, kind I mean, of it also, Peridot giving her a little bit of shit about her snoring is also kind of cute. It's very cute. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of tells you... Mm-hmm. In so, so in some ways, like, Lapis is super removed from humanity. Mm-hmm. Like, she didn't even really recognize or care that she almost drowned uh, Connie, for starters. Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of interesting how close to humanity she is because... Sleep is a uniquely human thing, and she chooses to do it because she likes it. Yeah, exactly. Like, she obviously understands human stuff, because, like, her and Peridot watch a lot of, watch and consume a lot of human media. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting her just, like, I, like, it's interesting that she can make connections with, she obviously can make a connection with like a fictional character. She has a real trouble making connections with other living things. Yeah, and that's that's a, a mental illness trauma mood too. Yeah, for real. Um, man, I love Navy, this little fucking monster. I love her so much. 
she's very good. When she just goes full unhinged, it's great. It's fantastic. <laughs> just absolutely perfect. Like, the real problem is you're still hanging on. Stephen, <laughs> like, why didn't you just steal it before? Because I wanted you to suffer. It's like, God damn it. Hell yes. Oh, oh. Good shit. Um, Lapis good screaming, shit. I knew no one could be that well adjusted is also a fucking mood. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, since since Lapis is queen of Depressionville, mm-hmm. what do you think her Tumblr layout looks like? I'm not familiar enough with Tumblr anymore to know to have a good answer for that question. I mean, it's it's the same site it was ten years ago. Like Tumblr never changes. The memes change. Tumblr remains the same. I, I was never a big Tumblr person to begin with, though. Oh, like, yeah. Fair. Do you think Do you think she's an aesthetic blogger, or do you think that she obsesses with the blorbos from her shows? I think, thinking the the latter. Yeah. Because Par- Peridot is like full full in on the aesthetic blog. Like Lapis yeah, makes the meek morps, but she's not posting her poems to tw- to Tumblr. No, she's writing thousand thousands of words long screeds about the the ship dynamics and uh, various TV shows that haven't aired on the uh, on live tv for 15 years or more exactly um oh also uh the the balloon gag at the end of this episode may be one of the best visual gags ever committed to fucking cartoons oh it was it was fantastic. <laughs> I fucking loved it. I laughed. Just absolutely like, I laughed sorry. out loud. Like you could play just that scene. You don't need to know the context, but like you get exactly what happens and it's just fucking hilarious. It's good. It's real good shit. And you know, it's it's a, a fine subtle reminder that Garnet's while she has future vision is not infallible by any right. stretch of the imagination. I mean, um, like she said at the end, she's like, yeah, well, yeah, worth a shot, right? Like, sometimes, uh, like, which I think is not necessarily, like, is also a good little lesson to, like, wrap up with is, like, sometimes people are, like, you're going to put effort in, people are going to burn you, and, like, you know, it's better to take the swing than not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. We have anything left for Room for Ruby? I was gonna ask what uh, uh, what Paradot's Twitter might look like, but you already dug up Paradot's Twitter. Yeah, didn't Par- you? we can we can answer that question factually yeah. with Paradot's Twitter. <laughs> yeah, because you know because clearly Lapis's Tumblr and and Amethyst or not Amethyst Lap. Uh, God damn it, Paradot is Twitter. <laughs> but true. yeah, we we canonically know what Paradot's Twitter looks like, so. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, moving on to episode 20, 123. Oh, sorry, no, sorry, 124, line four, alternate ending. Um, 
written by Hilary Florido and Paul Velico. Lion coughs up a magical key, and Stephen goes on a quest to find out what unlocks. What? The fuck? What? <laughs> That's the most straightforward any one of these has ever been, ever? Yeah, and yet it's still not compelling. Right? Huh. Six and a half out of 40. <laughs> um, we opened the episode by playing a portion of the videotape that uh, that Stephen found uh, where Rose um, is talking to Stephen at the very end. Um, Stephen is convinced that there's some kind of secret code inside of the video telling him about his magical destiny. He just wants to know what it is. A lion is there on the bed, and a lion horks up a giant magical key. He has the description, um, uh, implies, along with half of a gym lizard. Uh, and Stephen takes the, the key thinking like, ah, I know what this key unlocks. And he dives into the lion's mane, goes to unlock the treasure chest, cannot... Uh, and then goes on a quest through a whole bunch of other places that we've seen. Rose's secret armory, the the um, the fountain, Rose's room, anything connected with Rose that we've seen previously to figure out what the ski is for. Steven is is desperate. He he asks Lion, like, just take me to where this was. Where did you find this? Like, I need to know what's going on here. Because Steven is convinced that this is the key, the literal key to his, like, magical destiny. Um... They run through the desert, uh, Lion, or not Lion, but Steven has uh, a bit of a monologue about feeling really lost in the world, not knowing what his purpose is, knowing that he has to have a purpose, and that while the gems and his dad don't say anything about it, he, they, they expect big things out of him. Um, we come across these big two, like, pink pillar things, um, and behind them is a door. Um, the key fits into the door, and Stephen unlocks it to find out that it's just a door attached to a part of a wall he could have walked around, and behind it's just like a land full of fucking garbage. Stephen has uh, an absolute breakdown at this. Um, he was putting so much weight on this being the place that was going to give him answers. Uh, while kicking some garbage, he finds a video labeled For Nora, very similar to the one that said For Stephen. Steven's like, what is this? Do I have a sister? What the hell is going on? And he begs Lion, like, take me to, can you take me someplace that can give me some answers? And Lion finally does so. Uh, we arrive to Greg on top of the hill, uh, on his jamming hill, jamming out. And, and Steven's like, I found this video, Dad. And he's like, oh, hey, I haven't seen that in forever. And they watch the video, and it's Greg and Rose talking to somebody named Nora. Steven is so confused and greg finally explains to him he's like listen we just we had things narrowed down to two names nora or steven obviously like we ended up going with steven and steven having like a little bit of a breakdown here is like well would she have inherited my magical destiny if it, she had been born and greg's like whoa 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 what magical destiny come here come here buddy um and steven kind of explains his position and greg is like you don't have to be anything, bud. We just want you to be you. Like, you can change your name. Uh, you can do anything that you want to. Like, the only thing that your mom wanted from you was for you to be you. 
um, this really kind of picks up Stephen's uh, Stephen's mood. Um, they uh, share a bit of a hug. Uh, Greg asks if he's fine with that outcome, and Stephen uh, replies that he is. Uh, and star wipe the end. Note number one, the boy is in a bad place. Yeah. Boy is not, boy levels, bad. Yeah. Um, Lion, very cute uh, in the background. Yes. Yes, sometimes Lion is very good. Mm -hmm. I mean, Lion's very good at being a lion all the time, but sometimes he's also very good at being there for Steven. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so somebody who, uh, wrote this episode played a little too much Kingdom Hearts. That's definitely a Keyblade. Oh, yeah. 100% a Keyblade. Um, I personally cannot wait to find, like, for you to find out what the big pink things in the desert are. Oh, boy. (laughs) Um, we do get, we do return to that extremely detailed location, uh, in the future. Like, in the future or in Steven Universe future? In the future, like, next season. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, the horrible weight of expectation is fucking destroying this kid. Yeah, I, I do... I do greatly enjoy the overarching message of finding meaning within yourself and not relying on other people uh, to tell you uh, who you are or what you're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that, oh man. This re- really, kid. this season and spoiler next season um, like they're really their themes are like dealing with legacy and the expectations of other people and learning how to like just accept yourself as yourself. Um, uh, and yeah. like because like uh uh, my last note for this episode is me laughing like a maniac at the end of this episode with knowledge of what's about to come literally next time we record. <laughs> so, like, Stephen waffles on this. This is not, again, like many things, it's a process. Like, you learn a lot of small lessons to get you to where you need to go. You're not going to have one big epiphany that fixes your fucking life. But... Man, this boy, literally, that episode, like, Steven coalesced into a character on that episode where the gems tested him on his gem abilities, and he just has not, he's only grown, he has grown just more into that, and it's real, real sad for the boy. Yeah, it's real rough. Um... Because that monologue in the desert is just, like, real rough. Real fucking rough. 
Uh, also, a little detail that I fucking loved is just giving us, like, an idea into Steven's interiority and what his own opinions of himself are is, like, so, you know, when he gets to the, the dump, right? Mm-hmm. He's like, is this just Rose's trash? And he, like, kicks a, th- like, he kind of has, like, this moment of, like, sheer unadulterated panic and where he's just like, am I just Rose's trash? Yeah. Uh real real good real good on the animation this this particular episode oh yeah um who did you think Nora was when he found the videotape uh I actually pegged it um I thought that that was a tape that was meant for Steven if Steven had been named Nora yeah I feel like it's pretty obvious if you know how parents do especially if you're gonna have a parent who's not going to be there yeah um yeah, that's it. I don't feel like the show went to great lengths to hide it, which is the point. I mean, Steven's in his own head about it, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's what causes all the problems. Like, making it such that it, you know, the audience can pick up on that makes Steven's uh, emotional distress even clearer because if he were thinking clearly for you know, five minutes, he probably would have come to the same conclusion. Mm-hmm. I do like that's not exactly the same video. Like, we get yeah. a little bit more. I like that there's the extended Rose part that has, like, more of what her feelings about the whole situation were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... Greg earning more points for best dad awards. Yes. Um, normalize changing your name and being mm-hmm. whoever you want to be. Greg really, Greg would just be like, yeah, let's go, buddy. If Steven said anything, I love that about him. Yeah. Um, We had a question. Questione. About this particular episode came from Nico. I'm pretty sure I'm pronouncing that right, Nico. If I'm not, tell me. Nico, in our Discord, join our Discord. Ask us questions. Like this one uh, for line four. How did the video uh, tape labeled for Steven get into Lion's main? No one knew about Lion until Steven found him and didn't. Um, and I don't think Lion can put things into his own main. So how did the correct tape get into Stevens earlier than the Nora tape? And I was like, oh, then they just put it in there. But then it occurred to me, I'm like, oh, they filmed this at the same time. Huh. It's a good question. I think my assumption is that while it certainly looked like Rose was ready to pop inside of the in the video, there's probably a period of time and maybe they like as the like whatever amounts of human biology that allowed her to like have Steven coalesce, they were maybe able to get like an ultrasound or maybe Garnet had like a like a really cold like or like as things got closer and closer to the date, maybe Garnet's future vision got more concrete on what was going to happen. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, honestly, that that would be my guess. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking she got it in there just because obviously Rose knew. I, I'm thinking she got in there 
just be- just before things happened. Possibly as like Rose may have done it on her like kind of like I Rose being the kind of person that she's been predict like uh, portrayed in the show probably did like kind of like a little bit of a farewell tour of places that meant stuff to her, you know. Mm-hmm. So would have been good to let your friend out of a bubble while doing that, Rose. But you know. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, man, this man, this tees up of the the end. Of, so I rewatched. I went ahead and I watched after I watched these episodes for the first time last night. Not the first time, but you know what I mean. Um, and my first rewatch, I was like, "Huh, interesting." So I went ahead and I just kind of watched what we're going to be covering next week. God damn, this is just tee the ball up like a motherfucker for this kid to, to do some shit in the last episode of this season. Oh, boy. <laughs> we are going to have a motherfucker of a time next next time, August. Let me tell you. <sighs> well. Mm-hmm. All right. Do we have anything else about Lion 4? Yes. Uh yeah. sorry, sorry. The uh um when Rose is like take care of them, Nora, it's like, no, they should be taking care of Steven. Not I think the other she, way around. I think she says the same thing in the other video too. Take care which, of them. Which is yeah. quite probable, but yeah. I probably at the time either A missed it or B did not realize the extent to which that should not be the case. Yeah, true. Like, I get where she's coming from, you know what I mean? But goddamn, no, Steven, Steven, in fact, let them take care of themselves for a little while, buddy boy. You've deserved a rest. Let Steven Universe rest 22K22. Again, uh, I don't think Rose had any ill intentions for the kid, but she really saddled him with a lot of fucking garbage. Yeah. And I mean, in some ways, I think this episode kind of like is meant to take the wind out of the sails of the the people who may have just been positing Steven as the chosen one. Like, yeah. Steven isn't the chosen one. He's just the one who's there to pick up the piece. And right. it could have been Nora. It wasn't Nora, but it could have been Nora. Mm-hmm. But Steven's just who we've got. It just so happens that Steven is a very good boy. But yeah, at the end of the know. day, all of the like nothing that has happened in Steven universe would not have happened if Rose was still alive. Like the the red eye would have still shown up. Peridot would have still shown up. Um, she would have probably still gotten a message off planet. You know what I mean? Like a lot of things would have still happened. And arguably the world would probably be in a worse place with Rose there. Oh yeah, absolutely. So like, it's interesting because Steven isn't, isn't and is at the same time the chosen. It's not like he's a prophesied chosen one sort of thing. Um, but he's just the one burdened with this legacy. 
Yeah. And the gumption to be able to, like, do it. So. I'm sure everything will work out just fine for him as the season progress, as the series progresses. Nothing bad will happen. I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. It's all going to be, all going to be, it's frankly all downhill from here. Uh, in an yeah. easy way, not in a bad way. Uh-huh. <laughs> I believe you, Brian. Um, all right. Do you have anything else for Lion 4? Uh, no, I don't think I do. Um, we also had another question. I was just saving it to the end because it was from la- it's about stuff from last episode, which was uh, so Izzy had a question about Rocknaldo and um, what Sear said was uh, or yeah, uh, how do you feel about this episode being a jab at the fandom and their interpretations of the Crystal Gems as well as fan content? I've always uh. I've always been it's oh sorry I can't read it's always been interpretation I've had of the episode and not necessarily as a mean-spirited jab but like a hey y'all calm down and listen kind of thing um I feel like probably a little bit I feel like anytime you you have a self-insert character who's like very about fan fiction inside of your inside of your media property it's hard for it to not be at least like a little bit of a of a piss take on on that sort of thing though i don't know i yeah i just have a hard time as reading ronaldo as anything positive so mm-hmm. like yeah i that 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 would be my thing like like in my head the closest they got to this was like Steven, when Steven and Connie did the, 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 like that Rose Room episode with the, their book series. Mm hmm. Yeah. That feels more like that. Cause, like, I think the people who make Steven Universe, for one, I think they enjoy fan content probably more. I know a lot of them were people who made a lot of fan content themselves for shows before they were professionals. So, like, I think they have a lot more, not reverence, but like, like, love for that and um if anything uh jokes about the fandom were in in this week's episode in tiger philanthropist (laughs) with lars yeah yeah that that i can 100 percent get behind though i'm sure there is a little bit of like a uh a little bit of a jab at the people who make like super fucking edgy au's uh, for children's content in Rocknaldo mm-hmm. with Bloodstone and shit like that. Although or- at the same time, it's just like, leave leave those kids alone. Yeah, that's true. Um, the also part of the fandom that is just was real rabid for like a, a boy crystal gem that wasn't Steven. Um, they're like, we want to see a boy gem. And it's like, you got one. His name's Steven. He's right there. <laughs> they they were so like but to me, that is like the heteros who desperately wanted some kind of hetero hetero representation in Steven Universe. It's like, nah, it's gay all the way down, baby. All the way down. Yeah. 
So, um, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's a good, like, I feel like that's a valid interpretation. Um, I just think they were more, I think they like fan content more, more than they like Ronaldo, especially in that episode. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'd... I wonder who. I just can't read anything even vaguely positive about Ronaldo. So yeah, that's what I'm saying is like they were not. I don't think they were even like for the show standards. They were painting Ronaldo in an extremely poor light in that episode, very intentionally. Uh, and I think they like fan content more more enough to like not do that to fan content in the form of uh, of R Ronaldo. You know what I mean? Okay, yeah, sorry. I misunderstood what you were saying before. I said it real bad, so that's why. <laughs> uh, okay, but yeah, you too can ask us episode If you have questions about these episodes, our ones coming up next time we record, it's our season finale. We will be recording uh, an episode on uh episodes 125 126 127 and 128 it's a double-sized episode giant sized x x us x brian and august uh we're going to go save the original brian and august team from the living island of krakoa uh, that's what happens in giant sized x-men number one by the way uh okay <laughs> if you were wondering why i said that wild thing i just said um that's when like the secondary team of like like when wolverine and storm and i think uh dazzler like all those people get introduced that's in giant size x-men number one i thought wolverine was one of the og x-men no no not like he's not on the original team oh no, you're right. Yeah. I'm dumb. No, Don't you're mind not me. dumb. He made his premiere in the Hulk comics. Huh. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should have known that for as obsessed as, with Wolverine as my mother is slash was. Yeah, like, he made his, like, technically he was, like, a sort of, like, oh, they, they, they punch a bit and they were friends with Hulk versus the Sasquatch. So... There you go, listener. I know you come here for those deep Wolverine facts. Um, but yeah, so get your questions ready because, like, the only reason we're doing four episodes is because Dugout and the Good Lars are not, like, we would have a, it'd be me and August, we show up, we do what cartoons have you watched, and then we bounce, basically, because there's not a whole lot of meat on these particular bones. You know what? You said that about Tiger Philanthropist, and then we ended up having a very good discussion about, like, masculinity and stuff, so... True. You never know. This uh, could be a three-hour recording. Ah, we don't know. I mean, it's four episodes, so it's gonna be longer than usual, so... But, should be a good time. Um, hopefully, by the next time we record, August and I will have figured out what we're going to watch in the between seasons. <laughs> yeah, we got time. Yeah, so get get your questions prepared um also if you have questions about the whole season um like i like want to ask us our opinions on something through the whole season or your opinions on the whole season um next week 
would be a good time for us to send that, but just please make sure you spoiler it if you put it in our chat or you um, send it to us on Twitter or something like that. Like, um, that way we don't, or not me, but like, August doesn't get spoiled. Because <laughs> I, I definitely want August to take into the, the end of this season cold. I mean, the only thing I know is is stuff that you can't exist as a queer on the internet without absorbing through background radiation which is you know pink diamond is rose quartz oh that's got nothing to do with this okay you're gonna get like it's the end of this season is gutting (laughs) this is some empire strikes back fucking season finale shit so okay Um, all right uh anything coming up in FTL land. Um, so we've started our our next of our six arcs in a movie. Um, it's real good. Listen to it. Um, I let me double check. Uh, this isn't FTL land. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is actually a Hearthside Enclave land. Okay. but I am. Uh planning on participating uh there is a uh 24-hour stream happening in may uh nope i can't find it but it's happening in may it's happening near the end of may i know that much so uh it's happening i'll be there everybody should tune in i'll have izzy yell at us uh dirk yell at us although i don't remember if dirk listens to this or not but izzy yell at us about the details of the stream so we can get it right in the next recording Mm -hmm. um and uh yeah that's gonna be fun um we are continuing get by the time you hear this, which is tomorrow, actually. Um, Brian's got a real quick turnaround this time tonight, y'all. Uh, let's see. I don't. We're going to hopefully be picking up steam uh, with Elder County. Uh, I'm trying not to be extremely nervous about everything when it comes to the show. But that's also, that's realistically a problem I'm having with everything in my entire life right now. So, you know, it's not, it's nobody's fault but my own. Um, I, uh, Dumb Kids is still on hiatus, so <laughs> we'll be back eventually. Um, and I think that's it. Nothing else coming up that I can think of, so... Uh, if you're in the vicinity of Maryville, Tennessee, and you want to come to Queer Prom, hit me up. I'll send you a link. Please come. Buy a ticket and don't come. I don't care. I just I need that money. I need money so bad for this event. <laughs> so hit your boy up. Um, I think that's going to be it. Uh, I believe I think it's my turn. I think it's your turn, too. Yeah. Um, so I implore you, dearest listener, to be like Cookie Cat and shed the weight of oppressive lineage. Peace. Peace.